Welcome to Basketball Party, episode 37. I'm Erin M. Routson in Los Angeles, California, and with me... Kim Houston in Louisville, Kentucky. Balmy Louisville, Kentucky. Whoa, a heat wave over here. A tropical heat wave. Yeah, like sushi on a porch kind of heat wave. Los Angeles just outsourcing its weather to everybody. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. Yeah. So, now that you got your shorts and your flip-flops on... Yeah. Uh, we can talk the anticlimactic trade deadline of Thursday. Yeah, it wasn't... Um, I, I guess I don't know what I was expecting, really, in terms of moves. But um, I, I was expecting a little bit more. I was expecting to be a little more shocked than I actually was. It, yeah. I, there was never a point, aside from one thing, which is shocking only to the city of Cleveland, I guess and people who follow the career of Anderson Verjao. Other than that, I, nothing really happened where I was like looking at my phone like, oh my God, you know? Mm-hmm. There were no major moves that I found shocking. Yeah. Besides the Verjao thing. But that's just because can't, end of an era. Yeah. Someone, uh, so the day of the trade deadline, one of my coworkers kept coming up to me and like, giving me the names of, like, people who traded mm-hmm. or were traded. And I was like, huh? Who? Oh, boy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I guess uh, I, I know that we'll probably talk uh, a little bit more about uh, Andy's legacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Cleveland a little bit later. But I, I want to say that uh, I am... I guess I'm not really shocked by um, Chicago moving Heinrich. Yeah. I'm not, but I, I also think it, it's kind of a, a, sim, a similar story in a way because, you know, Heinrich's been uh, part of the Chicago crew for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of his career, so... Uh, I guess I always thought he might retire a bull. I mean, I, I don't think he's, you know, retirement material yet, but he, he certainly has his fair share of injuries, and he, right. he's kind of injury-prone at this point. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's already played in Atlanta. But yeah. But I, I don't know. It, it was another one of those uh, unsentimental moves I, I saw with – players that were definitely part of organization's legacies, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, what if Kirk Heinrich was basically just like, I want to play with Kyle Korver again? Yeah. Can you blame him? I can't. (laughs) I know that's not true. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean... I I, want to go play with my looks twin. Take me to Kyle. I mean, and I, I guess it's debate. I mean, it might. It's probably a better situation for him in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes. I feel like the Bulls had to make a move. I know there was talk about what they were going to do with Pau Gasol too. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know if this was the move. I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, with, with something with, like this, it's just this one. I feel like you have to see how it plays out. I don't know. There's no way to know. You know what I mean? Oh, certainly not. Certainly not. Um, I I just thought because Heinrich basically 
was part of those post post Jordan teams that like when it was just a desolate wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I think that's kind of he he's kind of like a legacy bull in a way if you think about it now. Yeah. I mean he was there for seven years, then he went to the Wizards, then he went to Atlanta, then he went back to the Bulls, and now he's going back to Atlanta. Now it's just gonna Atlanta and Chicago are just gonna keep passing him back and forth. <laughs> he's like he's like the the character uh, in uh, Usher and R. Kelly's same girl. <laughs> you know, I thought yeah. he's, I thought I saw him playing in Atlanta. I thought him I thought I saw him playing in Chicago. You know, <laughs> that's Kirk Heinrich now. Yeah, he's that character. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a better move for him. I think the I. I think the Hawks will probably, you know, go pretty far playoffs wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if last year will be the same as, or if this year will be the same as last year, but you know, the Bulls rough go, man, rough go. There's a lot of turmoil yeah. over there and then injuries. Yeah. One move that did not happen that I thought for sure was going to, although I take that back. There was no way this was for sure. But Dwight Howard, going to yeah. have to make it work. Going to have to make it work in Houston. Woo! Somebody better sign Dwight Howard and James Harden up for marriage counseling right now. <laughs> They're going to have to get that guy from that Metallica documentary who was their, like, counselor, helping them work through their problems. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not surprised that no one took Howard, because as we discussed last week, in much more depth, he is kind of, he's toxic. Yeah. Yeah, not even any, no real even hints of anything happening. It was pretty quiet about that, which that was kind of the main issue going into the, into this trade deadline. But making it work, I guess. It's going to be rough. And then, yeah, I mean, other moves, um, a lot of waivers. Yeah, David David Lee being one of the most notable ones. Dude, shout out to shout out to friend of the pod, Claire Lowenfeld. Your man's <laughs> on the loose. Yeah, um, yeah, David Lee. Who do we also mention? JJ Hickson, also former Cavalier. JJ Hickson. Yeah, uh, David Novak. Mm-hmm. Barnani. Yeah. I mean, now, now I really am like, who plays for the Nets now? Who does play for the Brooklyn Nets? Brooke Lopez. That's it. That's all I know. But yeah, nothing, no major changes that I really, that I feel move the needle in any way playoffs-wise. Things seem pretty much the same to me. Pistons moved Joel Anthony. So. Oh, did you see? There was a pretty funny... Somebody did a tribute video for Joel Anthony's time with the Rockets, which was three hours because you know, they shifted <laughs> him through the Rockets and then shifted him again. So somebody did a nice tribute video. That was pretty funny. Never forget uh, Joel Anthony's time. <laughs> so, well, yeah, no other major moves. Mm-mm. Which, like I said, I'm, I'm okay with that. I was very nervous. The Anderson Barajao thing, that's more of a sentimental issue for me more than anything else. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I don't know. 
I think it was probably right, and... Uh, yeah, better move than shipping off Mozgov, for sure. I mean, <laughs> if we're going to be shipping <laughs> off big men, let's ship off one that, you know, can't stay healthy for a full season. Yeah. So, ciao, Anderson. I, I will miss Anderson Verajao wig night. That's a... Yeah. It's an I, unfortunate you know. loss for all of us. And And what a good teammate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not not a problem personality, not, you know, nothing. Just not, couldn't stay healthy enough. And given the Cavs situation, I mean, there's only so many moves you can make. And I, like I said, sentimentally, it hurts, but practically, I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you. So, and then to your point, you know, Channing Fry. What a buy. Fry is a buy, the headline (laughs) of a plain dealer. Yet to be determined, not cleared to play yet, so... Yeah. Fry is a buy. Best, best yeah, line. That, that was my text message to you after the news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing else that I really was, like, concerned about. Everything else seemed pretty... Yeah. Jeff Green's going to the Clippers. Yeah. That was really it. Yeah, Golden State squeaked one out over the Clips. I know. I know. Uh, so close, so close. But I mean, with there not being major moves uh, by many teams, I, I think we're kind of locked in now. Much mm-hmm. to your point about what we're going to see uh, postseason. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Barring some crazy, you know, in the next month and a half injuries or something else Mm -hmm. i feel like the landscape is i mean there will be some vying at the end for who's seated where but Mm -hmm. i don't think any major major surprises which kind of is a bummer i mean i like i said i didn't want anything crazy to happen to the Cavs during trade deadline but uh my favorite piece of trade deadline news though is definitely uh the fact that nick young thought trade deadline was wednesday (laughs) and like posted something about how relieved he was that he had like made it through and like wasn't going to get traded (laughs) by the Lakers (laughs) I mean I can't imagine a more swaggy pee situation than that but oh man does he still see uh, Iggy Azalea to my knowledge they're still together Hmm. Um, I let's let's check let's check the old Let's check the internet machine to see <laughs> if that's true. Um, Google it. Please tell me. Googling. Let's Google it. Let's see. Google still looking for a sponsor. Hey. Oh, yeah, they're engaged, dude. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Um, here's a lot of articles I don't want to read. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, January 6, 2016, Us Weekly. Nick Young talks wedding planning with Iggy Azalea. What? You know what this reminds me of in a really mm. annoying way? Do you mm. remember when Tony Parker was engaged to, to Ava Longoria? Yeah. And I remember, like, during... It had to be... Was it playoffs? It was, like, a Cavs-Spurs matchup or something. Yeah. And... They were, like, showing their wedding invitations and stuff during the NBA broadcast, and I was just like, no. Oh, no. That's what this is like to me. 
You know, but I feel like that was mostly pushed by her. Yeah, it just seemed really weird. It yeah, really I, weird. I, I, How, I, I, they did get married, right? They actually got married. Yeah, they were they were married for a while. I want to say. I mean, like, I guess for a while <laughs> in, in Hollywood terms, like a few years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, they divorced because of perhaps his serial cheating. Mm, Tony. Allegedly. Allegedly. Tony. I don't know. Apparently. Yeah, I watched her, uh, I watched the uh, premiere, or not the premiere, I don't know, the pilot of uh, her sitcom that she's trying to push. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. My least favorite television program with a Latina star right now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I will say I did rewatch recently the season six finale of uh, Mad Men with mm-hmm. Not Great Bob, and it's still just as funny the zillionth time as it was the first. No, I'm. I think I could. Mad Men is that show for me where I can just go and know that I want to watch a particular scene, and then I've watched four episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what happened to me, but. Not great, Bob. Um, Not great, Bob. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I can't imagine what a terror hellscape this wedding is going to be. But, but I mean, do you think either that... I don't know that the NBA would necessarily push it because she's had so much of, um, I don't know, controversy? Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be ice sculptures at their wedding, though. Probably. I mean, do you think she's going to invite Azalea Banks? I doubt it. <laughs> I have a feeling she's not She's not invited. Um, Swaggy P. Swaggy P better get a calendar, though. I'm afraid Swaggy P is going to miss his own wedding date because he's not going yeah. to the calendar. So <laughs> somebody better coordinate Swaggy P's schedule. Um <laughs> Here, we'll we'll send him one, courtesy of basketball party. Whoops, couldn't get the trade deadline day right. What if he had gotten traded the next day? That would have been... That would have been amazing. Uh, I mean, I think it would have been horrible for the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, hilarious for, you know, in that horrible, awful way things are hilarious. Right. Speaking of of things that are horrible... Hmm. Uh, Gilbert Arenas. Oh boy. Taking to the poor man's Players Tribune. Instagram. Instagram. Uh, posting on, posting photos of Kobe Bryant on Instagram and talking about how he can't afford to get tickets for Kobe's last game. So can he get a 10 day contract with the Lakers? And then a bunch of other slurs about various players that I won't repeat because they're unfortunate. But once again, Matt Barnes style, really going hard in the comments section. A lot there was of, just a lot of know, hashtags. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Excessive hashtags annoy me. Mm. Yeah, but that's how you drive traffic to your gram. Oh, jeez. People are searching for your hashtags. But uh, I can't imagine a more unlikely scenario than Gilbert Arenas getting a 10-day with the Lakers. I mean, we're going to get deep into this topic area, but... (laughs) Delusion City? Yeah. I mean, wow. 
Wow. And yeah. just and just the things that he says are just so ugh, just gross. I don't know. I'm like, go. He's like one of those people where when he was good, he was great, and now that he's bad, he's horrible. I'm just like, go away. I don't want. I just stop. Stop it. So. Well, um, and and kind of to your point, it's with social media and so much stuff. There's just so many ways for people to ruin their legacies. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, weeks prior to this, he was all up on Instagram saying horrible things about the city of Flint. So, really, not a person who should be using the gram as any kind of megaphone. It's just not... It's like the thing that we were talking about weeks ago with Delonte West on, uh, on Twitter coming at LeBron. Mm-hmm. Just, like, shut up. Just, like, sh- shut up. So, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say Gilbert Arenas will not be getting a 10-day with the Lakers. No, and then I I guess my thing is if you're in any way serious, you, you take that to Instagram. You don't <laughs> take it to anybody who has any kind of legitimate ties to the Los Angeles Lakers organization. Hey, if you want to ask Mark Zuckerberg for $59 million, you take it to Twitter. Oh boy. I I don't I I you know what? I think um I have really strong opinions about this. Yeah. 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 This is a safe you sp- know, this is a safe space. Yeah. Um so my my boyfriend and I were talking about this and they were like and and he kind of sides with Kanye. He was like maybe he should just get a a grant of some kind. Mm-hmm. An artistic grant. He did try that. That's not yeah. new news. Don't I don't know if you remember the the when the Donda thing started, which had to have been twenty eleven, mm-hmm. there was this whole thing where he was like trying to get funded and whatever grant money. Like that's been a thing. Mm-hmm. This is an ongoing thing. But continue. What what was your? I, I guess it's just I don't know. Does he have a specific project in mind? Like what what is he being funded for? He has every project in mind. Well. This is to pay back his pay down his personal debt, I believe. Yeah, you know what? I'm also broke, Kanye. I, you know, I'm not taking it to Twitter to be like, "Hey, everybody, I, I was fiscally irresponsible in my twenties. I help, help a sister out." I like, would no. love, but what I love about it is that Kanye is asking Mark Zuckerberg on a rival social media platform. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I thought that, that to me was the funniest part. I was like, this is the best way that Kanye West has to get in contact with Mark Zuckerberg. It's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Gilbert Arenas' best route to get in contact with the Lakers organization is, is Instagram. Yeah. I, I mean, probably. That's, what's sad is that that's yeah. probably true about Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. I'm sure he's, you know, persona non grata to the Lakers organization. I, uh, I, and, and I hate... I don't know, coming down on this side because it, I, it makes me feel like a complete and total fucking square about it mm-hmm. because I do appreciate Kanye's music. I've bought all of his records. I'm, yeah. I am, I like Kanye West, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, I no, I don't want to pay for your debt. <laughs> well, I think this is kind of in line with the other thing that we're talking about, which is the, perception and i'm kind of doing it too so i'm this is kind of hypocritical but the idea that when a celebrity someone who has as much 
cultural cachet as Kanye West or mm-hmm. as literal as little cultural cachet as Gilbert Arenas does something like this that it's just like a celebrity being crazy or mm-hmm. whatever when I mean, and this is like armchair psych when really there's probably an underlying cause for any of this. Yeah. Um, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine about Kanye West and how like fractured and scattered and weird this album release has been Mm -hmm. and how that just doesn't seem something's off. Yeah. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, It's good, but it's very disjointed it's not like the cohesive record that Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And so it's not in that way. It doesn't feel like an album in the traditional <laughs> definition of what an album would be. Also, what? I mean the fact that, you know, the only way you can listen to it technically is to buy into title. Mm. There's that. I mean, I think it's good and I think there's a lot of great work on it, but it feels very scattered to me. Mm-hmm which that works in some ways and doesn't work in others. But I think that I admit he admits in one of the songs, he talks about going off Lexapro. So clearly, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some stuff. I mean, this has been going on for so long now. I remember watching his, I want to say VH1 storytellers Mm -hmm. that was done probably 2008, 2009, right after his mom passed away. And he was doing stuff from 808s and Heartbreak. And it was just abundantly clear that things were wrong. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he like point blank talked about murdering the doctor that was, you know, mm-hmm. implicated in his mom's death. And like, it's one thing if I'm on the phone with you and I'm like, I want to kill that guy. And it's mm-hmm. another thing when you're on VH1 Storytellers and it's being recorded. <laughs> so yeah. It's that kind of, but I think it's hard because in the public eye, people just want to be like, oh, he's so crazy, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's actually more than he's just crazy. Like something is up. You know, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm not sympathetic to any issues that he might be going on, that may be going on in his life. Mm -hmm. No, I don't, I don't, I I think the I think the asking I, I, Mark Zuckerberg for money thing is is a symptom of a larger problem, but that yeah. specific symptom is questionable for a lot of different reasons. Like, yeah. who's your money manager? Like, who? Like, yeah, exactly. Who's your money manager? Who is? Um, I yeah, because I yeah, I don't know. I and and I think that's the. I think actually the thing that I get kind that kind of riles me up is that, you know, uh, I feel like I know a lot of people who are trying to put good art into the world that are like struggling to get by. Mm-hmm. And Kanye West is a person who has access to so much money and has made so much money. So for him to ask for patronage almost seems kind of like a real dick move. To me, it's just like you clearly managed your money. It's like a it's like an MC Hammer situation. That's all I could think about when it start when that whole thing started. I was like, oh, we got an MC Hammer situation. Yeah, I mean, it is a total MC Hammer situation. But like, MC Hammer became MC Hammer. Like I, y- well, he became Hammer. Kim. <laughs> <laughs> he became a 
summer. <laughs> but, like, you know, you can't stop what's coming. Yeah. And, like, so, and, and, and clearly his issues are making it exacerbating things, right? But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's been saying oh, well, all you sorts know me, of fucked like, up stuff. Oh, yeah, and it's just... Bill Cosby is innocent? Okay, like, all right. Yeah. All right. Settle down. So, Although, I, I did enjoy, because uh, he performed stuff on Saturday Night Live, and I thought those those tracks were really good. Yeah, I mean, the record's good. Like, I'm not, I don't know if it's 9.0 Pitchfork review good, but it's... Oh, man, Pitchfork. I've been listening to it nonstop, and I think it's, there's so many interesting things about it, good things about it. Um, and I think that one thing I will say about Kanye West as far as like bloated and like out of control as his ego is, Mm -hmm. there are still plenty of like very human moments that he has on this record and topics Mm -hmm. that he brings up that, I mean, Kanye West and I are in a very different, uh, very different spheres in life. But I think when you can, you are that person and you can still make music that seems human and seems vulnerable, that's pretty, that's successful. So, unfortunately, I I guess you also have the kind of debt that the rest of us humans have, except it's exponential compared to anything I could, you know, aspire to in this life, which I'm thankful for. But, (laughs) yeah, I guess that's another thing, you know, that we're all kind of responsible for, for what we've done in our lives. And so, I don't know, using your, your fame and fortune to, like, um, I don't know, get out of it in a way seems super gross to me. But Yeah, yeah as fact- it should. I don't, I don't think, I, there's no way that I would be like, you know, what's, you know what's a defensible thing? Hitting up Mark Zuck, hitting up Zuck Dog for money <laughs> on Twitter. I, yeah, so, uh, you know, it, it just, if you have an idea, if you have, that's out of the realm of your funding, that's going to take a billion dollars to make a record, mm-hmm. pitch that. I don't that. think he's talking about making a record, though. I think this is some other, some other stuff that he has in mind that probably is also pretty wild. Yeah, then write a fucking grant like every other person. Yeah, well, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if Kanye was grant writing is an art, as anyone who has done it mm-hmm. knows. So maybe Kanye needs to be hitting up grant writers on Twitter. Yeah, he needs. Yeah, he needs some help with someone who who like for real does some funding for the arts. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of people who are who are perceived as crazy. Oh. <laughs> Delonte West. Popping up yet again, uh, right right while we were discussing this episode, my brother texted me to let me know that uh, Delonte West on via this is via TMZ, our news source of the twenty first century. Uh, Delonte West spotted. Outside of a Houston area jack-in-the-box around 10 p.m. All by himself with no shoes. Mm. The telltale sign is that he's at jack-in-the-box. That's how you know it's him. Um, mm. 
Fan approached him and asked, are you Delonte West? He replied, I used to be, but I'm not about that life anymore. I mean, it's definitely him in the photos. He's, it's him. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of sad, right? It's super sad. Yeah, it's I'm not, sad. I'm not about that life anymore. Sad. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's been the case for however, I mean... You know, as a, as NBA star Delonte West, yeah, he definitely hasn't been about that life for a minute. But yeah, it's super sad. That's that is. I I wish I had so many many. I mean, years ago at this point, I had pitched a piece about the NBA and mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically about Delonte West. There was also a little, uh, but then I got scooped by Chuck Klosterman because he wrote about uh, Royce White. Mm-hmm. Um, but my piece was about Delonte West and all of this and how unchecked, like what unchecked mental illness can do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Delonte West, and it's also because, you know, he played for the Cavs and was so good mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But following Delonte West's career over time has been one of the most obvious cases of the prevalence of mental illness and what it can do to your life. I mean, he's 30, he'll be 33 in August, July, 10 PM wandering around outside a Jack in the box with no shoes on. At one point you played with LeBron and now you know, it sucks. It's, I mean, it just keeps getting worse. I feel like, um, and now he has a kid too, like that, you know, it just like compounds it. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is that this, this kind of behavior, like Gilbert arenas, whatever, like it's, it's trivialized. And I understand why, because it seems like, Oh, this person's just being crazy. But it's rooted in so much more than that and just gets, can get so much worse, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we were talking about uh, Andre Blatch, who, of course, is playing in China. Mm-hmm. Everybody who was deemed nuts by the NBA has to go take a tour playing for the CBA, apparently. You know, everyone who is quote-unquote nuts ends up in China for a little bit of time, a lot of time, whatever. Mm-hmm. He got a tech for throwing his headband the other day. That's why that was in the news. But <laughs> I was like, oh, what did happen to Blatch? Oh, there he is. Like, you know. So, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, this came up, I feel like this was more of a topic when all that stuff was going down with Royce Royce because of the, the no-fly part of his issue. Mm-hmm. But man, it sucks. I mean, and I I think it's interesting since, I don't know, some time has passed with the Royce White thing, but there there still hasn't been any definitive... I mean, because I I guess it is a player-by-player basis, right? Mm -hmm. And it's dependent upon 
what a team is willing, a specific team is willing to do for a player and the, the negotiated contracts. But um, since this seems to be a, you know, a reoccurring theme, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you think that there would be some kind of reform in some way? And I, and I'm, and I don't know what that reform would look like. So I don't want to. Right. Because uh, I think, I think at the same time, there's only so much that the NBA can do. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. NBA isn't a mental health, like resource. No, but I mean, it's, it's also an organization that employs people. Right. Right. You know, and just as much, I mean, and not to say that, um, you know, I, I don't think that my employer has any kind of uh, big say on, you know, how people, I don't know, people's mental health in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. aside from, you know, everybody has insurance and whatever, what have you. Yeah. But there, I I know that there are resources available for folks and all of this stuff. So I I guess what I'm saying is, um, there, and, and who knows, maybe this kind of stuff exists already within, uh, the NBA, but I don't know. I just remember there was a big push for it around Royce White. That was when there was going to be all of this Mm -hmm. change and this, that, and the other thing. And then that kind of fell off, which is fine. I mean, everything cycles. But at the same turn, I feel like there have been a bunch of guys like this who have gone through the league, had these issues, gotten out of the league, and now are just like floating around. And then sometimes they pop up again. Delonte West, Gilbert Arenas, whatever. And sometimes they just fade away into a into oblivion, and you never hear from them again. Um, yeah. And and I, I I guess that's the thing is you know, um, and and the reason why I brought up you know, being part of some kind of business versus the NBA is you know if your team makes it to the playoffs and you're a person that experiences some type of mental illness, you know you're not. A, you're expected to go in front of reporters. Mm-hmm. Dude, you run, know, run our test. Shout out to my therapist. Shout out to my therapist. You know, these these men have um, media obligations, and, you know, we know how the league, it's not as bad as the NFL, but they certainly do not like to be embarrassed. Right. We don't want a Cam Newton situation. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I guess that's, you know, a, a push for reform mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Because yeah. the because other, how it's set up now, it seems like it makes it easier for just these men to be cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they go through, you know, Royce White was playing for the D League for a little bit, and now he's out, <laughs> like, doing who knows what. So... I don't know. It's it's a weird Delonte West just because he's, you know, he has been he was one of my favorite players on those Cavs teams, and you know, my my longtime crush, and now it's it sucks to see that happen and see these like and get texted these like weird photos of him wandering around a Jack in the Box parking lot. You know, it's just like, 
ugh, it just doesn't feel good. And knowing, like, knowing the systemic failure that leads to that makes it even worse. So, uh, I don't know. However, that aside, we got some good news about a 10-day contract. Ooh, if you are, If you are my brother. I won't know, like, I think your brother and I usually text about anything that's Jimmer for debt related. Guys, got some good news. Jimmer for debt, 10 day, 10 day with the Knicks. Woo! Jimmer for oh, debt, oh, oh. nothing and but net. Let's, let's correct that. D-League uh, all-star MVP, Jimmer, Jimmer for, for debt. debt. Man. Sometimes you think someone's never going to show back up again, and then they get that 10 day, and you're like, all right. Is Jimmer Fredette the player that will save the Knicks organization? Is this it? Is he the linchpin? What book do you think do you think Phil would give to Jimmer Fredette? Mm. That's mm. still one of my favorite anecdotes. Phil giving people books. Giving giving uh Ron Artest a copy of Sacred Hoops. <laughs> Here's my own book for you to read. Mm. I don't know. The little engine that could? That's probably what he gave Jimmer for Actually, what I was thinking of was the Velveteen Rabbit. Mm. <laughs> I like that we both went for children's books. <laughs> yeah. Or or I was thinking of um, something by, like, uh, Brene Brown. Something about vulnerability. Oh. Oh, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh... I don't know. It could be anything. But... Yeah, we'll see. You know, I saw a man wearing a Jeremy Lin Knicks t-shirt at Target today, so anything's possible. Um, Yeah, like, that's a a strong take. They're not even wearing, like, Lakers Lin there. Oh, no, this was a classic Linsanity throwback. I was like, wow, the dream is still alive at the Eagle Rock Plaza Target. (laughs) Um, Well, hey. Hey, as a person who wore her Delante West jersey well after its expiration date, I support that guy. No, I, 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 I'm not... Uh... It's just because you hate Jeremy Lin. I know the root of this. You hate him. <laughs> it's not that I hate Jeremy Lin. It's just I found Linsanity completely obno- annoying. Yeah, insa- Linsanity was like the most New York thing that could have possibly happened. They latched onto him like, this is the thing. This is what's going to save us. And then it was like. A fluke? Uh, yeah, just out, you know, in with a bang and out with a whimper. Like, and then they sold him off like, meh, no big deal. It just Bye. The most Nixian thing that could have happened, basically. I remember, I remember distinctly having a conversation about Jeremy Lin in graduate school where someone was like, I think this is it. And I was like, nope. This is a flash in the pan. This is a freak thing that is happening, and this will not last. Not, and that's not because I don't think Jeremy Lin is talented. Mm-hmm. I think he's a role player. I think he's a talented dude. But there was no way the Knicks organization was going to be like, you know what we're going to do? Build a team around this guy. Like, yeah. The Knicks just used him, and then were like, bye. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, 
That's that. What else did we have on our docket today to discuss? Um, the glorious return of Jimmer for Dead. That's um, very necessary. <laughs> very necessary. Jimmer for Dead. Nothing, nothing but, but net. net. <laughs> Ooh, a Cavs beat the Thunder update. Ayo. I'm... Although, uh, so did the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know what we were going to talk about. The Warriors mm. losing the other night. Yeah. yeah. Damian Lillard, uh, man. Damian Lillard. I have to say, um, one of my favorite things about uh, watching the NBA is a good revenge game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love a good revenge game. Mm-hmm. Someone who, uh, or someone, a team who, uh, like, loses very dramatically, like in a buzzer beater sitch. Yeah. Uh, and then next time they meet up with that team, just decimate them. Yep. Um, yep. And, and and I'm not saying that that is specifically what happened with uh, Portland, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think uh, Damian Lillard is a little bit of a man scorned because, you know, he's a two-time All-Star, mm-hmm. and he was not present. Yeah. At the yeah. All Star Game, and I think you know he came out and he he kind of he he had an axe to grind. I feel that's fine. I support him. Yeah, <laughs> support him. You know. Yeah, yeah I, I I understand you you would. Um, but yeah, so I was super super excited for uh for him and and I think it was also kind of a uh, a, a career game for him as well so I, yeah dude 51 points boom yeah Damian Lillard out there doing it for himself yeah it's yeah. awesome um I'm so this game I'm cool mm-hmm. with uh the Warriors losing yeah. Uh, I, I, Unlike that I, I'm game still, I'm so about. raw about that Bucks game. I just <laughs> remember showing up to that bar, um, in Chicago and, you know, my friend of the pod, John Rodriguez texts and he's like, get over here. Like, <laughs> dude, the shirts were great. Uh, those, sh- no, like I just, <laughs> the fix is in the fix was in Can't like, I corner. Yeah, conspiracy corner. I still like, yeah, yeah. They thought they the Bucks were gonna drop them, mm-hmm. and so they're gonna. And no, no. Mm. It, it, how how high does it go? <laughs> still so enraged about that game. Yeah, I mean they so seem annoying. on track for seventy three wins. I you know. I, I mean, I, I I think that it's still within uh, their their reach, but um, I I think from this point on it only gets rougher. Oh yeah, I well yeah they ha- so the thing about their schedule, and I was complaining about this. I've been complaining about this. The thing about their schedule is that it was pretty easy for most of for the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. They didn't like we like we talked about. They didn't even play the Spurs until January. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it should get harder now. You should be they they should be playing games within their own division. So, yeah, I mean and they're they are in a tough, 
you know, they're in a tough conference in a tough division. So, yeah. Yeah, I think from this point on, it only gets more teeth gritting emoji for them. But that, but that's exciting. Like I, no matter um, who the team is, even even my beloved Cavaliers, as much as I would want to see them just cakewalk their way, it's it's better for the league. It's better for everyone if the games are close and difficult. It's more exciting. Yeah. No, and I. Yeah, you're you're not going to get me to argue you on that point. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that um, what they've done so far has been padding, and so now they're really going to be tested. That's really yeah. my only point. Yeah. No, I think, and I think your point is 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 right. Yeah, uh, and I mean, and you know, the. I mean, do I think that the Cavs can cakewalk themselves there? I don't know. No. (laughs) My answer (laughs) is no. (laughs) I mean, uh, I I just think there's just a little bit too too much um, parity between teams, especially in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Well, don't worry. Kevin Love is, is happy in Cleveland and wants to stay. Yeah. Big report post trade deadline day. I like I cannot the amount of stories and content created around Kevin Love staying or leaving Cleveland is truly its own animal. You know, and I have to say that I I think it's interesting that that just follows him wherever he goes. Mhm. Mhm. Because I I feel like Kevin Love's happiness his, you know, whenever he took a dump, it was in the Min- Minneapolis paper. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and, and so, and, and, and I mean, and I guess it, at least in Cleveland, that's a little bit more directed toward LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it is interesting that it, it just kind of follows him in the way that he he's always this person who is either um, a threat to leave mm-hmm. or a threat to be traded or he, he, he's just one of those dudes. But he's probably one of those dudes who's like, I hate drama, but then just it, it's constantly around him. Mm-hmm. One of those types. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like so. his dating profile definitely says he doesn't like drama. Yeah. <laughs> I believe he's engaged. No, I don't know, like, but, I mean, if he had one... Yeah, that's what it would say. No drama. No drama. No high-maintenance women. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I I can't imagine that storyline's dead. It has, like, the longest legs of any possible storyline. No, yeah, I feel like him and LeBron and duking it out. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> you got to keep the white man happy, Kim. The white man. It's always out there. Yeah. You know. No. 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 That's not something that super motivates me. I mean, we didn't even really talk about um, the All-Star game. Yeah. Something we kind of glossed over after our big lead-up to it. Yeah. Uh, the no-defense thrill of the All-Star game. 
Yeah. It actually was a fun game to watch. I watched the whole thing. It's been the first time I've watched the whole thing. And well, no, I watched it last year, I guess. But yeah. uh, it actually was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, in part fun because so many people tried to do trick moves with one another that ultimately failed because they don't play together regularly and just don't have that rhythm. Mm -hmm. uh, the halftime show was Sting, which what? I don't know if yeah, yeah I don't know if you were aware of that. I don't think we discussed that during the game. Um, yeah, like older and white. Yeah, that's the halftime show for the white male old journalists watching the all-star game apparently uh yeah he opened with desert rose so wow mm. i was like why is this the all-star i just just do people think he's canadian is there like some confusion he's not um huh you know yeah that's weird yeah yeah we and we were watching it in a bar that didn't have sound so we didn't even get to hear it we just watched it well, I don't think he missed much. The other, the other thing that I didn't see this till the end because I missed the intros was uh, Drake was wearing this like NASCAR level obnoxious jacket with oh. a painting of Kobe Bryant on the back that said like "Goodbye Mamba" or something. Oh yeah, I saw photos of that. Uh, well, when they were doing the intros, they didn't dance on stage. There was no dancing, so thankfully Derek Rose was not there. Although he probably would have been relieved. But everybody would come on stage and be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then a lot of people, almost everybody, would go over and high-five Drake. Or, mm -hmm. you know, Drake put a fake crown on LeBron's head. Or, like, mm -hmm. whatever. Except for two people. Mm -hmm. Who, out of the starters, I will tell you, it was starters. Who mm -hmm. do you think did not talk to Drake? Let's see if you can guess. Mm. Kevin Durant. Nope, he did. He did. Hmm. It is. You want to know? You want to know who it was? Well, I mean, LeBron. Nope. No, I just told you, LeBron. He put a fake crown on LeBron's head. Mm. No, it was Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Total blow off. Mm -hmm. And Kobe Bryant. Oh, dude. When you wear the sweater your boyfriend got you, and then he stands you up on the date. The most Drake <laughs> thing that could have happened. Drake wears a jacket with Kobe Bryant on it, and Kobe Bryant just blows him off. I was like, yes. This is the narrative I enjoy so much. Well, I mean, and I, I could kind of see that uh, in Russ, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, that, was, that one wasn't that. surprising. That I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I feel like Russell, uh, I feel like Russ would be the type of dude where it's just kind of like, so this entire thing has been now made about Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. We're all here. This asshole's wearing a coat, like this <laughs> airbrush coat. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty Of amazing. Kobe Bryant. I am not talking to this dick. Yeah. He didn't, uh... Yeah, the Kobe retrospectives were at an all-time high. I bet that's the place for them, though, so I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I think from, yeah, just like from this point on, it only gets harder for Golden State. 
Like, from this point on, the Kobe tributes only get more obnoxious. Yeah, it's going to be so intolerable by the end. By the end, like, they're going to have to set aside, like, 15 minutes in every game because there's going to be so much whatever. Yeah, like, any game that's going to, like, the Saturday night games, which I have to say, yeah, where have these been? The Saturday, what do you mean? Um, so... The Saturday night game. So, like, the Clips Golden State that was on uh, ABC. So, oh. so they're actually airing games on Saturday nights. Oh. Uh, on, you know, regular TV, which is the only kind of TV I have, aside from, you know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, uh, they're still doing, like, the, the Sunday after the political shows. Right, game. the Sunday afternoon game, yeah, which is yeah, the Sunday I, morning game for me, but yes. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I love it. My, my dream is to, like, make a brunch, watch all the political morning shows, and then just ease into a game with a little bit of a buzz from a Bloody Mary. <laughs> dream Sundays with Kim Houston. <laughs> Yeah, overall, I thought All-Star was uh, rewarding. I mean, the score was insane. It was like mm -hmm. 196 to 175 or whatever. That's always one of my favorite things about the All-Star game. Is the insane score. This was the highest I've ever seen. Insi insane score, no D. There was like absolutely no D. I mean, less than none. It was, it was ridiculous. Um... But, you know, worth a watch. I went to the bar, as, as I promised. Mm -hmm. No, I really appreciated it. I ate wings. It was great. Mm. So, you know, I look forward to next year, I guess. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, anything else? Um, anything else for this, this, this party? Yeah gonna see what happens now the, yeah. the long slow final final chug into playoffs yeah go pacers go pistons go Cavs. yeah that, mm -hmm. that's all i got and, and and go hoosiers but always that's a different always. story <laughs> always oh yeah dude we're about we're how how far out are we when does it start this year the madness um, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I, I feel like they've just, so Indiana played Purdue yesterday. So I think we're kind of on ramping to like the rivalry games at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The madness doesn't start till the, the 15th. Oh, what? We're going to have to call it March, April madness now. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's been starting later for a while now. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't wait till our, our, our intolerable sidebars on March Madness begin. Yeah. And alienate the NBA superfans. Yeah. But you have to understand, you guys. It, it's fun <laughs> in a different way. You guys, you got to understand. <laughs> Not everybody's from Indiana, so, you know. Not, Not everyone's from Indiana. Not everyone else is from Kentucky either, because I, I, Kentucky people are completely intolerable. That's true. Well-known fact. Glory boys. <laughs> Glory boys. 
All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll join you next week for next week's basketball party. Yeah, I look forward to it. All right. Bye, dude. Bye. You, 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 your old man crushing. Okay. Jimmy for that. Hey. Nothing but net. Crazy in the days. No defense can phase. Dirty footers he raises. Always amazes. Nothing but praise. TJ taught him in phases. Boy, is the truth. How do you know? Because Nelly said it. He's the real King James. What should I do? Just forget it. Dead it. Be your wise. Come and go. Handle your business. Supposedly the best.